Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And that makes me Kevin. And on this particular podcast episode, we are going to be discussing the episode titled Gonna Get You Good, which is from season two, episode number three. Written by Brendan York, directed by Ron Murphy, and this one aired June 23rd of 2017. And our usual spoiler warning, we will be potentially talking about anything and everything, not only from this episode, but any and every episode from the first four seasons of the show. You have been warned. (laughs) (laughs) All rules are out the window for this podcast. (laughs) Everything's on the table. Who knows where we go? We don't even know. (laughs) But no, we don't. And if you've made it this far, you know it's it's anyone's guess where it's (laughs) going to spiral. (laughs) Someday we're going to get an email or message from someone who says, Oh, I stumbled in your podcast on F number whatever. Thanks for the warning. I'm only watching and whatever. Fill in the episode. <laughs> Those people will be really appreciative. Well, right from the start. I mean, this episode is it's problematic with this horrible cheerleading scene in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about iconic scenes, lines and so forth. Boy, this has got to be near the top of the list, doesn't it? I mean, baby, that's everybody's thing. Everybody's thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's a scene I didn't know I needed until I saw it. And now my life is complete. So. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to look at it. Yes. Um, and some interesting info for those folks who weren't watching when it originally aired on TV. Um, sci-fi made a mistake. As many of you know, when you're watching most shows, you know, broadcast television at the end of an episode, they usually play like a 20, 30 second teaser for what's coming next week or next episode. And uh, that's, you know, regular thing with ERP as well. For some reason, someone was asleep at the wheel, sci-fi, because at the end of episode one, two episodes back in this season, they played the promo for this episode, episode three, instead of playing the one for episode two. So lots and lots of people Sartees of Waverly cheerleading, and then it wasn't going to come a week later. (laughs) (laughs) Did they make a mistake or did they just purposely drive everyone crazy? (laughs) Uh, We will never know, probably, but uh, trust me, yeah, those of us in the van back at the time had to be reminding folks all throughout that week (laughs) because, you know, that's not something you wanted to have someone disappointed about. And, uh, you know, I, I remember a few people, even at the time, who recorded the episode on their DVRs because they only made that mistake on the airing. As soon as in the coming days, you know, the typical commercials play, you know, to promote episodes, they, they smartened up and played the proper one. But it, it was on that Friday night airing, and folks who had it on their DVR were very quick to re- tell me, oh, no, it's here. I've got it on my DVR right now. I'm going, <laughs> okay, but I've already seen the next couple. And it ain't coming next week. <laughs> oh, well, at least they had it that they could keep rewinding on their DVR until the night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only a small part of the actual promo, but it's there. So you got to know, folks, we're, you know, because it was in the trailer, you know, for the Hall of Season two as well. So yeah, that was one of those interesting in the moment things. I had fun when I was looking up uh, something else. I shared the link with Anne of one of my tweets and it, you know, I retweeted that thing all throughout the week. Like, Nope, sorry. It is not coming this week. 
Don't hold your breath. Don't hold, if you're holding your breath, it's going to be a long, <laughs> you know, 13 day wait or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Nicole's face as she just stands there, just aghast, like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Whatever it is, please don't stop. Right. And yes. Waverly's like, oh, I didn't know if this is your thing. And then, of course, her reply heard around the world. Maybe that's everybody's <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah. That and, was really something. And hearing Dom talk about it in behind the scenes and how they just like had to do this scene over and over again for the different camera angles and the slow-mo shots and how exhausting it was. And Kat's like, I felt bad. All I had to do was just stand there and watch. <laughs> Dom's doing all this work. It's pretty common. I, I know. Trying to imagine that as an actor or actress when you know someone else is the one who has to do all the work for a scene you literally do nothing but stand there for hours on end <laughs> yeah no I feel a little guilty I feel bad <laughs> can i get you some water or something <laughs> any how can i help you with this oh yeah that was my favorite take i hope they use that one <laughs> yeah no i swear that one was good just we can stop right <laughs> and then when bridget asked about this scene um with emily in the postmortem, emily said can we just talk about Dom this year? They're crazy. I think they did that cheerleading sequence 75 times for four hours and didn't pass out. It's insane, but I really like it. I like the way it plays on trope on tropes, but at the same time subverts them because they're doing it for their girlfriend. It's all taking away the male gaze. I hope it's also just nice to have a fun episode and remember what the show or that the show is ridiculously fun. Boy, was it ever. And then just like everything that follows after that too, right? It's like Winona walking in, girl, put on some, like uh, with the rhyming, right? Like some, show some cheer. And then Winona's like, girl, put on someone here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's again, we talked about it quite a bit last step, but we got many more of those classic lines and scenes again here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so it's just starting right from the get-go. And then, you know, it's just like, another take on the Winona interrupt us, right? Nicole's just mm -hmm. fumbling and nervous and like, okay, I got to go. And Winona just going on about like, well, now that I know your whole situation, should I institute a knickers on the doorknob policy since you're not using yours? So it's like, how many ways can she make it abundantly clear that Waverly is sans underpants, right? Oh yeah. She's not going to let it go. You know that. And, uh, and the way she's just polishing the barrel of that gun is just so <laughs> sexually laden, right? <laughs> I'm laughing pre ahead of time with the line is what I'm really laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just you know, talking about how she's had a rough night and she just keeps seeing the, the gory ritual when she closes her eyes and like this playful banter back and forth where Waverly's talking about being head cheerleader and prom queen and Winona's like, Oh, that's what people do when they're not institutionalized at 14. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll go on the lamb and leave you at the mercy of all the monsters. And, you know, they're still talking about how, you know, there's no sign of dolls. And we know it's kind of glum about it. And she's like, I don't really expect that there will be any. And then Waverly is just very interested in Winona's gun because spoiler, shiny. it's metal. Yeah, it's shiny. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you've polished that shaft hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the line uh, you don't hear very often. <laughs> no, no. Uh, good old Winona. Does she say? Does she say something after that? 
I, if I was laughing so hard, I probably missed it. <laughs> I'm thinking, I think I'm thinking of a line later on that's similar. But yeah, and it, it's, um, they, Nicole thought she was dressed up for homecoming, but that was just a private show. But it is indeed homecoming in purgatory. So that's what's brought all the crazy jocks into town, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we see this guy in this hockey jersey and he's talking to a trophy. And then all of a sudden we see this terrifying, and this is one of the ones that really creeps me out. This burlap sack creature with like the flies crawling all over his face. This is a gross, scary guy. This would haunt me for sure. (laughs) And he says, it's time, time has come to claim what's mine. And he does like this hand motion thing, which makes the guy reach into his own body and pull out his own liver. Yeah. Which, yeah. Pretty gross. Pretty yeah. gross. Yeah. This is one of the more, not gory, but gross episodes as far as when you think about what the monster is doing to people. Yeah. And just the sound effects when those flies are all over the burlap sack guy's face, just mm-hmm. ugh, grosses me out. <laughs> it's like, I just want those flies to go away. And then um, I just wanted to shout out, bleeding art industries again for the special effects because um i know this episode they do have like a blog post about how they created the you know reaching into the to grab the liver out and some of the other things like um how they made the lipstick that waverly eats later on and stuff like that and i'll put um i'll put a link to that in the show notes for anyone who hasn't seen that yet who wants to check that out but it's really fun to watch some of those behind the scenes special effects videos yeah yeah, there's several of them from here for all the different things they did. Again, making making it all look so real. Yeah, it's just, I mean, everything that has to come together to make a show is just really fascinating. And again, this is one of those shows that has me looking at TV from, from so many different angles that I just, I've never really stopped to think about before. So I'm really appreciative of that. And um, so we have this crime scene now with this guy who's ripped out his own liver and he's dead at the school and Nicole comes with Nedley to investigate and as she goes to check his ID Nedley walks by and he's like oh yeah that's Bryce Cooper he was uh, the start of the 07 hockey team the last team to not only win the cup but a single game and to add insult to injury he's like yeah we're gonna pass this on a black badge and Nicole's just like what are you kidding me this is like straight up homicide this should be ours and he's worried that they're just going to cause too much of a panic with all these people coming into town and he just kind of wants it all to go away he tells her to examine the scene and scrub it she's like you mean cover it up he says tomato potato (laughs) classic (laughs) nedleyism i totally forgot that he says that there uh, it's just like so uncalled for in this situation. <laughs> Nicole's just like, are you serious right now? Like, this is some real good police work we're doing. And then to top it off, he summons Winona, who's over in the corner, just like no cares in the world, eating a donut and just snapping poor quality photos of the body with her cell phone. And Nicole's just like, I can't believe this shit is happening right now. <laughs> Yeah, poor Nicole. Several scenes in this episode, you just feel so. You can just tell she is just fuming, fuming. And it's, yeah, it's just the start of like a really shitty day for Nicole. As, as we'll this is see. like the classic worst day ever, is what this one is for. 
Um, and you could tell, yeah, she just really wants to get her hands on some real police work. And she can't believe like the small town police work that's happening because again, remember we find out she's from the big city. So she's probably just like, I can't believe what happens in this town. Um, and then at Shorty's, there's a grand reopening and business seems to be booming at Shorty's. Doc's doing a good job and Rosita's slinging drinks and restocking. And he's asking her all about like their secret supply. The clock's ticking. And she's like, it's not right. It needs to be more pure. And then Winona walks in and as she goes up to the bar. Rosita has like been down below, like stocking something. And all of a sudden she pops up from like a Jack in the box, Rosita in the box. And um, she startles Winona. And this, this must be their first meeting, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and Winona's distracted by her boobs for a minute, as one is, and she's there looking for Doc. And Rosita doesn't really give her the time of day. And in hindsight, she would know who Winona is, right? I mean, everyone, if you're a revenant, would know who Winona is, I would guess. I would guess, but I also would think that she would want to play it very cool because she doesn't want to let on that she's a revenant. Yeah. So rather than, oh, I know you. And then Winona's going to be like, why do you know me? And you know what I'm saying? So I think it was purposeful to make like big shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, she in the just, sense of, I know nothing. Yeah. And you can tell she just like, doesn't really want to be around her. She just like makes quick conversation and is not going to linger near Winona at all. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if Winona pulls out Peacemaker and sets it down, now we know it's going to glow for Rosita. And I think Rosita knows that too. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. In hindsight, watching this smarts. interaction, it was kind of fun because I'm like, oh, that would make sense that she's just kind of like not sticking around. Just so happens Mercedes is across the bar doing shots during the daytime. And <laughs> <laughs> she's like, hey, bitch. Liquid lunch. <laughs> yeah. And she invites Winona over and Winona tries for like a millisecond to be like, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly. I'm working. And Mercedes is like, yeah, me too. So they do some shots. And uh, Winona's asking how Mercedes siblings are doing, Beth and Tucker. And uh, Winona makes this face when she says Tucker's name in a way that should have clued me in from the get go that Tucker was going to be horrible. Yeah, yeah, but that's one of those subtle ones you pick up on a rewatch. Yeah, she was like, Tucker. Pop quiz. Who do you think is worse, Willa or Tucker? Oh, Tucker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Horrible. Mercedes says, my siblings are acting like I moved home to ruin their gray garden spiral into reclusive weirdoness. (laughs) The way she just says that so eloquently. Just rolls off the tongue, yes. (laughs) Danny is so good with her lines. Yeah, the quote in front of me, I can barely say it right. (laughs) Too funny. And I just, that scene is so fun. And it just makes me want to season five just for more Mercedes and Winona bar talk. I just think their banter and their catch up is so fun together. Oh, that'd be gold. That would be just gold if they got to spend more time on screen together. Mm -hmm. Mercedes is oogling over Perry Croft and has sniffed out that Winona has a broken heart, which is interesting. And Winona's like, eh, whatever. She makes this connection that Perry was friends with Bryce, wasn't he? 
Mercedes is like, I don't know. Let's ask him over here. And she does that whole embarrassing, like, hey, Perry, <laughs> come on over. My <laughs> is just so embarrassed. And they get to chit-chatting about old times. And he's like, how long are you going to be around? And she says, permanently. Which I was like, boo-hoo. No, she's not. because She's going to go get Alice with Doc. But whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, oh. I know. Ahead too far. I'll yes, stop. That, stop. that's a bit much. Let's not take, let's not draw that <laughs> parallel. Okay, we got plenty of others to do first. <laughs> Permanently. Mm-hmm. Winona leaves, but not before whispering, I hate you to mercy. <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> oh, very funny. I, I, again, I just love that scene. And Perry and Mercedes are, uh, they keep talking, and Perry's like, Winona looks good, huh? Mercedes is like, Yeah, she's doing good. She's some sort of special detective for stuff that cops can't handle which i thought was really interesting that she was like spilling the tea already and perry asks for her number and we just kind of think it's because he's sweet on her but of course we find out later that he has he has ulterior motives as well did you did you notice when winona told um mercedes about hating her and all did you see the nice subtle middle finger she gave i didn't (laughs) go back and watch it darn her (laughs) I wonder how many she does in this episode alone. <laughs> One of those nice subtle things that you didn't I didn't catch. So I'm sure I heard someone mention it. And then sure enough, you look for it, you see it. And she pulls her hand up to her head, to her hair. <laughs> oh gosh. <and laughs> Typical guess, Winona. Oh, it's too fun. And um Winona finds Doc as he comes up from the basement and shows shows him the photo of the dead guy, and she's like one of the guys from the 07 team. And he just like looks at her and yep. she's like, no clue. Champs hockey. No clue. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> it's the look on his face. And it's, it's so easy to forget that he's not up to speed with any of these things. No. Right. It's been stuck in a well forever. He doesn't even know what hockey is. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, keep talking. Cause <laughs> none of this is making sense. <laughs> and uh, they talk about maybe he's connected to the symbol smasher. And um, he's like, yeah, we still have a whole bunch of other demons to take care of, too. And then Rosita comes over to grab some things and she leans over all sexy, like in front of Doc. And they look at each other like all smoldery. And Winona could like pick up on this tension. Right. And you can just see the jealousy on her face. And then she makes a smart comment saying she seems super smart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then like the rest of this episode, it's like Doc and Winona back and forth, like commenting on like either Perry or Rosita, right? It's just, it's fun to see them. Oh, it's, it is just, this is the gold of, for me on a rewatch, especially with the captions on, because there are so many subtle digs between them that I swear I missed most of them. First watch, kept some of them second watch, but it's, it's going to take most, at least for me as a viewer, most, yeah. a lot more watches to get all of those little digs that get in here. Well, and sometimes you're just like, your head is wrapped around like the, the big picture, right? And you're not listening to all these like little things because they're not necessarily pivotal to the story. But yeah, she she's like, yeah, she seems super smart. And Doc's like, well, she's the best mixologist in town. And she's like, yeah, I bet she shakes in all the right places. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. (laughs) 
And, you know, she doesn't know that she is super smart, which is very fun when she finds out later on. But, oh, it makes a wonderful dialogue to yeah. turn the tables, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and she's jealous. And um, she's like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you've got your own thing going on. But, you know, I hope you're not getting too distracted because she's kind of assuming that Doc's been unavailable lately because of Rosita, I think, like because she thinks they're together and she's occupying his time, not realizing that he's trying to save dolls. But, and Doc assures her that, you know, if you need me for a case, you have my undivided attention. And before she leaves, there's more flirty back and forth. And you can just, you can see how much they dig each other. It's like, oh, this, you know, how far we have to go on with this, like enough already, you two, just tell each other you love each other. Oh Gosh. yeah, no, we don't have to wait long at all, do we? <laughs> no, how many just a couple uh, minutes? See, 12, <laughs> just uh, the 13, whole show. 15, 16, another 30. I don't know. It's a while. It's, it's a while. It's a while. <laughs> and um, Doc takes a swig from the bottle of booze that he's sell. Doc, you can't drink from the bottle when you're selling this to people. <laughs> he's new at this, okay? <gasps> As you said earlier, he was also in the well for a long time. Things were different back in the day. Yeah, you do things differently when you're in a well by yourself, I guess. (laughs) You're not selling booze to people. And um, back at the sheriff's office, Jeremy is working on analyzing and cross-referencing the symbol from the condos. And Winona's just giving him all kinds of shit for his use of words, like looks to be soon and might. She calls it pretty weak. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy's like, he's still new. So she doesn't really, he hasn't earned Wynonna's trust yet. And um, he asks if Officer Hot is always so passive aggressive when passing on cases to BBD. And she just kind of gives him this look like, dude, you haven't earned the right to question Officer Hot. That's my job, right? Like, if anyone's going to give her shit, it's me. You don't get to do that yet. That's how I read that one. And um, he's like, okay, it's none of my business, like everything else around here. So, you know, it's tough to be the new kid, Jeremy. Yeah. And well, this in this episode, and some of these ones at this point in the season, too, remind me, again, of certainly in my Nona's mind, how far out she wants him. Mm-hmm. You know, not part of the, not only not part of the team, but not to be trusted at all. That's, you know, poor, poor Jer Bear. I know he's one of the last ones in, so he hasn't, he hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> and uh, well, and plus he's from BBD. So it's like, she doesn't really know she doesn't if she can it. trust him. No. Yet. And Jeremy says, there's not really any indicator that, you know, this stuff is connected to the symbol smasher case, um, but it's not really ordinary e- either. And he's like, there's no evidence that the guy fought back. There's like no sign of drugs in his system. It's like, he just let, this happened to him and then Wynonna says or he ripped it out himself and I'm always so surprised when she like she just picks up on stuff so quickly Mm -hmm. and um, Jeremy asks if she's heard from dolls at all and she's like nice try snitches get stitches (laughs) again like if I did hear from him I'm not going to tell you because I don't know if I can trust you Jeremy mentions well you know go ahead and tell hot that like she should really close the victim's eyes next time because it's creepy. It's like he's staring right at the trophy, which was a little clue to us. Yeah. Oh, this trophy is suspicious. Subtle, subtle but important. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Perry ends up calling Winona and he's like flirty with her and asks her out and she agrees to see him. And she's kind of been like toying with him as cover to get info on him. Right. Cause she thinks he might know something. And when he gets off the phone, we see him draining blood from a skinned rabbit. As you do. That was so gross. <laughs> Well, super gross and, and just reinforced, I think, first time through at this point, like, poor Winona, man, can she pick him? Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, what is going on with him? Yeah. And he's got <laughs> the paper with the runes on it. And we're just like, okay, <clears throat> what, what is happening? Who can we trust? We have no idea. Did you also catch or notice that um, from the camera angle and the setup, this is the same room that we had the poker spectacular guy get killed in? Kevin, I rewound like three times because I'm like, is this the same room? It looks like it's the same setup. But it's fancier, right? I, I, well, I don't have side-by-side photos, <laughs> but, you know, I haven't got to that That's level. That's what I was trying to look at because, like, Perry's a Forbes, you know, he's a rich guy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the tile work and some of the details looked fancier. So I'm like. But this room looks just yeah, like it looks the like, spectacular I think guy. Wise. Yeah. Plus, uh, it's also even if he's quote rich guy, he's still in purgatory. It's that's not like they've thinking. got. Yeah, it's not like they got the top of the line Ritz. Yeah, they probably don't have there. five star and the, yeah, then the one star. Five star. Yeah, if you add two of them up, you might get a five star. <laughs> <laughs> purgatory. But yeah, I thought so too, and that's why I was like, hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> And um, well, maybe they just have like one really nice room for the high rollers. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Well, it was details. Well, the poker spectacular guy was was had a bag full of money, didn't he? So he has his room probably only looked bad because there was blood everywhere. (laughs) That'll do it. Values your room a little bit. That definitely knocks at least one star off the review. (laughs) My Yelp review: There was blood everywhere. Do not recommend. And don't even get me going about the rabbit. Oh, poor rabbit. And <laughs> so back at the homestead, Winona's getting ready for her date with Perry. And she asks Waverly if she should wear a scarlet tart or pink tees. And Waverly answers, flaming ladybug. Wait, which skit are we, t- <laughs> we doing? <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it cracks me up because it reminds me of the whole like eggshell, <laughs> semi-gloss. <laughs> Well, and it also brings to me a jump forward to season four with yep. the Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Flaming yeah. Ladybug. Yeah, I got that down. <laughs> yeah. When I remember when that episode came out and she was a ladybug. I was like, of course she's a ladybug. <laughs> and the whole Flaming Ladybug plays out throughout this episode, right? Like they say yep. it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just love that. Like, which, wait, which skit are we doing? Like, what banter yeah. are we doing right now? And Waverly teases Winona about, oh, are you actually going on a date? And Winona's like, no, like I'm just going to get some info if he has any. And Waverly's like, yeah, right. Like I'm going on patrol with Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she's like, she says she's glad that Winona's putting herself out there. Um, because if anything bad comes up, she wants Winona at peak Winona, whiskey soaked and reckless. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Again, cornerstone, cornerstone of the fan. Oh, peak Winona, the way we like her. <laughs> then Perry honks the horn, indicating that he's there. 
And Wynonna makes a good point of pointing out that, like, well, now that he's on the homestead, we know he can't be a revenant, which is good because now we know ever since seeing that rabbit, it's like, okay, well, he's not a rev. So the rabbit still doesn't explain everything. Then Waverly takes the lipstick and like looks at it all weird and then eats the lipstick. Mm. And it's just like when she ate the um, the spider, you're just like, I did not see it coming. Like I did not have on my bingo card eats lipstick. <laughs> like what is happening? But I'm just now realizing that it's probably because she just wanted the metal tube. Yeah. Yeah. It just. When you're a demon like that, you know, you're curious. What does lipstick taste like? Uh, but I was like, but the tube was metal too. So maybe she was mostly drawn to that for her pile of metal. Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably, yes. But I mean, she had a spider too. So who knows? Like <laughs> lipsticks, but maybe it washes down spider really well. Pair- <laughs> Lips- this lipstick pairs well with spider. I think that's a real stretch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This this shade actually pairs well with spider. And then in the high school, I don't know, is this like a high school gym or just the high school? It's it's like the, I mean, uh, not that I have experienced at a lot of high schools, but at certainly the one I went to and a couple others I've been to, usually the area outside of the entrance to the gym is where if the school is lucky enough to have won any trophies or whatever, or have the all-star players or whatever, they put little things out there. So it's kind of like, just outside the gym is the way I think. Yeah, but uh, that's what I was thinking. So, like, we're gym adjacent here. Gym adjacent. There we go. The and, auditorium uh, entrance or whatever they call Yeah, wherever they have their big events. And Mercedes is leading kind of like the pep rally for the homecoming. And she's just, you know, she's the hype woman. And she's mentioning that they'll be having a new teen center in town, thanks to her family, uh, who left most of their fortune to the town, which by the tone of her voice, she's not very thr- not thrilled pleased about. With. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, great. I could have had that money, but instead you guys are getting a new teen center. Congratulations. And Wynona's not impressed with any of this stuff because I mean, if you think about it, like high school was miserable for Wynona. And now oh, she's yeah. like, it's got to bring you like so many memories back in that culture that she just couldn't stand with a bunch of people who are now grown up, but who probably made her life hell. And Perry and his friend are there and they're looking for Bryce and um, they don't know what happened to him yet. And then Perry slips out of the crowd and Winona follows him. And here's when I really noticed the scarf placement covering up. I would, there we got, that was my overall question. I was going to bring up a little later is. It seems like this episode on the rewatches are when you can kind of go, oh, I can see where they're hiding there. Oh, look, they're hiding here. Yeah, but watching it, I, I, I never even thought that. I was just like, I don't, I like didn't, like now I can look at it and go like her wardrobe is very different from season one and all the other seasons. But then mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking that at all. I was just like, oh, it's unusually cold. I don't. Like mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. they change wardrobes well, again, all the time. Shooting in Calgary makes all of us as viewers go, "Oh, that's good. She's warm." <laughs> yeah, fine. We heard all the stories about how cold they were shooting. Yay for Mel! <laughs> right? It's probably her warmest season ever. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just sort of walking and talking about old times and connecting a bit. And then Perry's friend shows up, and he's just like saying, "It's happening! It's happening!" And it turns out Bryce. Um, B train as they like to call him, his wife called him uh, to tell him that Bryce is dead. 
and he's yelling to Perry, you said you'd fix this. And he's like saying to Winona, oh, he's out of his mind. And he's like, I'm just, I'm going to take him home. But this has Winona's spidey senses on red alert, right? Mm-hmm. When she's not laughing about Petrin. I know, because she's like, <laughs> hold up, Bryce's nickname is Beach. <laughs> And then she says, shady and suspicious, therefore getting more suspicious. <laughs> and then she says, calm down, flaming ladybug to herself. But yes, and this is where I have my note that she's a ladybug and hell raising good time. And then Winona leaves looking for Perry. And that's when she runs into Waverly, who's on her way to the auditorium or gym or whatever. She's like, how's your day going? And Winona says, Oh, messed up and emotionally unavailable, possibly involved in a murder parry. <laughs> Waverly's like, oh my God, you're going to ask him to marry you, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I just love. That is perfect sister banter. <laughs> I know. I love when they do that to each other. It's just like back and forth and it's so quick. It just highlights like, you know, Winona typically goes for the bad guy, right? Like the bad boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this qualifies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then she says one of the dirtiest things. And she says, also, I just found out his nickname is B-Train. I would have milked that so hard in high school. And then she stops because she realizes what she just said. But it's too late. You already said it, Winona. (laughs) Again, it's just the timing of these things and the looks on the face. (laughs) Yeah, it's like these tiny, spicy, risky lines that are peppered in between like the comedy and the drama and it. That's what just makes the show such a treasure. It's like, well, you get to appreciate it because it's not like it's obvious. It's not like a giant clown punch to the face for the laugh. You got to be paying attention. To get yeah, stuff. so fast. But it's like some of this stuff, I'm like, how do they get away with it? Like, this show gets away with so much. <laughs> and I think it's because it's so fast. Like, maybe it's, it's lost in a lot of people. And I noticed, like, we got to get to Skip's house. But Waverly's like, oh, I can't. I'm meeting Nicole. and She's going to wait there for her to get off of work. And Winona gets really irritated because she's like, why would you pass up a chance to solve a case to wait around for Nicole? And she says that it reminds her of what she would do um, when she was with Champ and that she actually missed her valedictorian speech to watch Champ play a video game. Ouch. Yeah. In and of itself, it doesn't seem like much, but in the big picture, it says so much about who Waverly was and who she becomes and mm-hmm. and who Nicole is also. I don't know. I love looking at scenes like that and just thinking of the big picture and being like, you know, we have Winona here who's so worried that Waverly's not going to reach her full potential because of this of a new lover who, you know, kind of brings her down. And she even says, you've come so far. Just don't let anyone tell you um, or don't let anyone forget you're an ERP, which again is like. Just what Waverly wants to hear, right? Yeah. Oh, you have no clue what you're saying and how much stress it's causing Waverly right now. And they have that little argument there where Winona's definitely, she's touched a nerve. And Waverly says, when you stop dating psychos, you can give me relationship advice. And only a sister can get away with something like that. I know. <laughs> it's like they'll go on to say even harsher things to each other, but oh, eesh. they will. But that's definitely one of those you can forgive a a very close friend, maybe, but or a sibling for something like statement like that. Yeah, but it's Anybody interesting else? too because like they have this tension right now, and it's like, what is this tension about? Right? It's, mm-hmm. Things are off. Um, 
But I noticed too. So when Waverly opens the door to the gym, the trophy is right in the doorway, mm-hmm. highlighted right in the doorway. And I was like, oh, what great placement because like, we're still not realizing this trophy is, is trouble. And it's right in front of our face. <laughs> Good camera work. Uh, Waverly struts into Nicole and just bops her on the nose with some cotton candy, which is just like, what, what are you, who are you right now? Nicole's busy and says she'll be off in a few hours. And she's like, you know, can you just keep yourself busy doing something else? So it, it's interesting because this impression that Wynonna has that Nicole would even encourage Waverly to sit around and watch her work is so false because Nicole's like, this is silly. Don't sit around and wait for me while I'm working. Right. And then Waverly sees the trophy and gets all gooverly eyed. And then she plants a big kiss on Nicole and Nicole yells at her. And she's like, not in uniform, not in public. And then Waverly gets all pissed off and says, not good enough. Things are definitely tense here. Yeah. They could be putting more notches in the worst day ever for Nicole list. Yeah. It's like, she's already like, oh, great. I have to deal with all these high school homecoming people, but. Now just it's getting worse. And then, you know, now she's agitated and then she spots Tucker Gardner taking videos of cheerleaders up their skirts and she's irritated. So she really comes in hot with him. And then Waverly's like, just leave him alone. It's Tucker. (laughs) He's a gardener. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're laughing at the joke before it's even gone. (laughs) my favorites because she just so quickly is like I don't care what he does, does. <laughs> oh, and it's just like <laughs> it writes itself right because it's like it with a name like Gardner <laughs> it's like how could you not say that that's misunderstood yeah, along with the headspace that Nicole's in she's not going to listen to being tempered or careful at all she is going to snap no, and, and he's just pushing her buttons too. And he's like, Oh, and I also have video of you and Waverly kissing, which I don't think is allowed. And then, you know, she smacks the phone out of his hand. So, like, you know, she's just not having a good day. And then she she arrests him. And when Waverly tell then Waverly tells her, um, you know, you don't want to do this. And Nicole just totally snaps back at her and she says, Don't tell me how to do my job. So it's probably less about Waverly at this point and more to do with just everything else that's that's building up not a good not a good day to be nicole (laughs) and at skip's house winona shows up and she she finds skip outside and he's like still talking about his friends being gone and she still can't hear b train without giggling and (laughs) being ridiculous about it and then she asks where perry is and he's like he's out of his gourd and there's this symbol in blood on the door and then Skip's got blood on his head and she's like, Perry did this, which is making it more and more look like Perry did this. Right. And then grain sack dude shows up and he says again, like, I will claim what's mine. He tries to do that remote control of Skip's body and make him rip his guts out too. We know shoots at him, but he gets away. Well, I love the way they're piling up the evidence to make us think Perry might be involved. Cause he really, I mean, he really does. Looks like, but, but again, it's like, but then what's the grain sack guy got to do with it? It's all very, very sus, as the kids say these days. <laughs> so I'm told. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe they don't even say that anymore. That might have been last <laughs> week. I'm who knows. Yeah, we, we got to bring we got to bring it up and see how bad the eyes roll. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hear the comments. we'll know. <laughs> It'll get back to us somehow. And then at the sheriff's office, I mean, Nicole is fuming, and she asks Nedley who he was just talking to. It turns out it was Beth Gardner. Tucker's sister. Nicole's like, oh, you're going to let her bail him out? And he's like, you know, Tucker doesn't need bail because I'm not charging him. And she's like, are you kidding me right now? He was taking photos of young girls. And she says, his phone is practically up there. Who has? <laughs> just, just, I never thought I'd say, hear Nicole hot say, who ha? <laughs> and Natalie just about jumps out of his, <laughs> his khakis and shoes. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's like language, which is hilarious because, like, Hoo-ha isn't even yeah. it's like Gia Willikers, right? He's like, yeah. oh, language. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you're a deputy, you know, and you're certainly not going to win cop of the year with your public display of gal palitis. <laughs> and he goes on to explain that the gardeners are an important family in town. And then he ugh, then he says, like, the worst thing he could say, which is boys will be boys. Will be boys. Yeah. <sighs> You didn't, Nedley. That elicits Nicole to say her classic, I'm sorry, did I just hit my head and wake up in patriarch- patriarchal bullshit land? I mean, how many times have we heard that one before? Oh, yeah. Again, more classic quotes. Here we go. Very timely in today's climate still. Then he assigns her to like first aid restocking. And she's just like, are, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is just taking such a turn. And then when Tucker walks by, he calls her a nasty woman. Tucker, you are not making friends. This is for well, sure. And this is where you have to give a little credit to Nicole, because how she didn't turn around and whack him outside the head. Yeah. Took some pretty good restraint at that point. Oh, she'll have her day with Tucker. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's where this time through or the subsequent times makes it a little easier to put up with this because, you know, He's getting get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we can tolerate it a little. But at the time, yeah. it's just like oh, first time through. This was just painful. Mm-hmm. And, and then also Nedley makes Nicole do paperwork, which just makes her even more pissed off. And then he tells her to get her head in the game and that she'll learn how this town works and that it only took him 30 years. Again, Nicole, poor Nicole just having a bad, bad day. And just, I mean, we thought things were going good because she and Waverly had some sexy time last episode. But now this in the break room, Winona is <laughs> struggling with the coffee machine, which even <laughs> that tiny comic relief is just delightful <laughs> whacking that th- and we've all been there with the stupid machines like what are they doing who knows i just want the one magic button that says work <laughs> oh my god it's like every hotel i'm ever in i'm like do i push it twice do i do i yeah. put this first what is the magic sequence to make the coffee come out it's just someone tell me nicole comes in and grabs it she's like it's probably out of water my known is like, oh, one of the key ingredients to coffee. Gotcha. <laughs> My known is there to just pick up some books for Waverly, I guess. And Nicole's like, yeah, probably so she doesn't have to come see me. Which, ouch. And she's very upset that they seem to be fighting again. And then she asks Wynona if she's noticed any changes in Waverly. And Wynona takes this the wrong way also. And she's like, 
why? Because you're expecting to see some. Nicole's like, no, everyone's very on edge in this episode, Kevin. And she's like, no, it just seems that, you know, since the whole Willa thing, she's become less sweet and sort of hard, sometimes cruel, even when Nona's like, like me. And then she blames Nicole saying like, is this because she kept, she kept you out of black badge. And there's just a lot of misunderstanding happening right now, like all over the place. And now poor Nicole's pissed off way Nona. So great. She's got both of the sisters mad at her right now. Yeah. Like I said, first time through, man, felt so bad. She just could not catch a break with anybody. No. Everything out of her mouth was the wrong thing to say. Yeah. She's got Nedley mad at her. She's got Waverly mad at her. She's got Nicole or Winona mad at her. She should probably just go home. Not even going to go near her. Yeah. Yeah, Powerful family in town. She's apparently pissed Mm -hmm. off. So yeah, this is great for the new kid in town. Back at the homestead, Winona thinks Perry's responsible for what's been happening. Waverly's like, that doesn't make any sense. He's not connected to the seal. Winona says again, like she said, I think she said it last week that she she can really sense that something terrible is coming. And then there's a knock at the door. And when Winona opens the door, it's Perry. And he also has a symbol on his head in probably blood. And he says he's heard the whole thing. And he's like, I knew it. You were some kind of paranormal warrior. And from behind, Doc just <laughs> knocks, <laughs> knocks him right out, which we didn't even know he was out there. No. And then he rolls his eyes. <laughs> or no. So, so he knocks him out. And then now is when Waverly chimes in like, oh, actually, guys, I think the symbol on his head is an algae's or something, which is for protection. So like basically letting them know. I don't think he's in on any of this. Doc just rolls his eyes and he's like, well, I'll go get my vapors. Oops, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Honey, you know, he had vapors, old timey stuff. Right. And when I was like, spill it, what do you know? He's like, you know, I don't think you're going to believe me. She's like, try me. Like I'm Winona Earp, demon detective. Demon detective. And I really wish that would have stuck because I, I really know, like the sound of it. I would have loved to have had them using that at other times. It would have been such a great line drop. Yeah, demon detective, like you know, and all those other people, or something. Yeah, all the muggles were wondering about things. She just goes, "Well, I'm demon detective." You know, yeah. I can see that could have been a lot of fun. Is it too late? Can we make it stick, Kevin? <laughs> Season can five. We, can we bring it back? <laughs> I'll get the t-shirts started. I know the herb demon detective agency. Uh, <laughs> what happens is the hockey team sucked. They never won. And then they had a coach who gave them a spell. They didn't, the players didn't take it seriously, but they got high and said the words anyway. And then that's when the grain sack thing appeared from the trophy case. And it didn't say much, but somehow they understood that they'd have an amazing 10 years and they'd get everything they wished for. But now the demon's back for payback of some sort. And they all did really well. They like went on to do all the things they apparently wanted to do. Some of them had higher aspirations than others. Some of them just wanted to marry a pretty girl. Perry was on the Forbes list. So it sounds like maybe everybody got what they wanted most, I guess. Yes. Uh, he maybe came out ahead. Um, but he did, Perry did research and it's some, he thinks it's some sort of black magic occult of some sort. Waverly's like, no, it was like a wish. And then she asks if the creature came out of a vessel. And that's when Winona realizes, oh, it's the trophy. 
coffee. Waverly says it could be a Marzenook. Marzenook? I don't yep, even Marzenook. Marzenook. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringer of good and bad fortune. The BTS with Dom saying Marzenook, funny and wrong. It's just <laughs> so delightful to me. And I don't. I don't like I'm one of those people once I get the giggles like I'm done for so I can't imagine like the, the BTS where they're like Melanie don't look at them don't look anymore and I was like I'm not I'm, don't make any eye contact because they just keep cracking Dom up but that I would have such a hard time with that when somebody broke anyways the way Nona tells the the plan saying okay we should split up find the other two hockey bros and lure the marzipan <laughs> she calls it <laughs> just so much easier to say uh, and then, you know, they can shoot it before anybody else gets hurt. But before they take off to do the plan, Doc stops Winona on the porch. Really? On the porch. Kevin. Does that have any significance? It's always the porch. <laughs> it's always the porch. <laughs> on that porch. <sighs> that porch. If that only that porch could talk, man. <laughs> he explains that since this thing came from the vessel, maybe instead of like shooting it they could trap it back into the vessel and use it to save dolls and she's like wait a minute oh no and then we don't hear it but he tells her like because after the commercial break she's like wait a minute you've been cooking drugs for dolls so he lets her in on that secret and then she realizes that he's done all of this bought shorties and everything just to help dolls and he's like yeah we need demon blood for the recipe so that's the new plan. He's like, let's not shoot it. Let's capture it and use it to, I don't know, do this serum, which was, was a big reveal, right? She's finally, mm-hmm. she's in on the secret. Doc and Perry have this little scene where they're walking and they come across Nedley and there's an ambulance there. And Doc goes to tip his hat that he doesn't have. Still. <laughs> <laughs> and they're there with the ambulance and it turns out that it's, uh, Perry's missing friend Cam, who tore his own eyes out so deeply he hit brain matter. Like That's I said, gross. <laughs> dedicated. Yeah. Oof. Uh, Waverly's at Skip's house. She leaves after telling his wife, um, you know, I'll be have I'll have him back in no time. <laughs> and she says, Man, only a deal with a demon could land Skip a wife that stacked. <laughs> Which is a nice highlight uh, that Waverly's not just into Nicole, but indeed appreciates women as well as men. And it's not just Nicole. Uh, and then there's Flippin' Tucker. Ugh, he's so creepy. Out of nowhere, shows up saying all the creepy things. How, oh, you look so pretty when you smile and you should do it more often. Just gross factors very high here. And he's like, listen, you know, tell your cop friend she needs to treat me with more respect. And Waverly's like, uh, you mean my girlfriend? And then he's like, you're confused. That's wrong. And then Gooverly's had enough and Gooverly shows up and she's like, I'll show you wrong. And she, <laughs> Gooverly's very strong, picks him up by the throat and lifts him off the ground. Yeah, that's strong. Yeah. It's not, that's not our little Waverly. No, I mean, she could probably do it when she gets mad. She's pretty scary. I mean, even before we knew she could do scary things when she's mad, but she's pretty scrappy. And then she yanks this medical alert bracelet off of him. And then her phone rings and it's Doc and she's just chipper Waverly again. Like, Waverly's just gone. No big deal. Yep. Snap. 
come go. Yeah. Very interesting. Back at the gym, Winona walks in as the current hockey team is grabbing the trophy for good luck. And she's like all dorky laughing at her own jokes. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, is everything on fleek? Fleek city? Super fleek? <laughs> and she like she laughs at herself, like how ridiculous. She, like she hears how ridiculous it sounds, but she can't help it. And uh, she's like, yeah, give me the trophy. But these are all like these snotty teenage boys. And then one says, back off, mom. And she's like, mom. But Kevin, they're just throwing it in our faces because she was pregnant there. Yes. Yes. This whole mom thing. And she's like, oh, mom, don't call me a mom. Mm -hmm. She's insulted that they would even like imply. Goes right over all of our heads first time. The sly, sneaky buggers. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is it, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've got a bone to pick with him. <laughs> Throwing that in there. She flicks one in the forehead, which is just <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, what is that going to do, right? Flick. And um, which is kind of a mom thing to do, quite honestly. And there's just this great fight scene with great music. And Mercedes is over against the wall, just watching this whole thing in awe. And she says, what a crazy, awesome bitch. (laughs) And of course, we get this like slow-mo hero-ish strut out of the gym with the trophy. And she like wipes blood off her lip and flips the bird. And that shot is. That shot and that gif. Oh man, oh man. Talking uh-huh. about defining the show, defining fandom. Anytime someone wants to get ticked off about anything, that is a go-to gif. Mm-hmm. Like who just characterizes her so well. And her, the smile on her face. Mm-hmm. So much fun. And like she's smiling so much that even when Doc pulls up alongside of her in the car, he's like, you look like you had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's like, mm, I, did, I had a great time. They, he tells her about Chip and they're worried about the other guy, blah, blah, blah. Back at the sheriff's office, the other guy's in jail and he wants out. He's given her the whole song and dance. And Nicole's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard all these things before, right? She says, you stole a car and ruined a perfectly good oak tree while under the influence. And then he says, that tree came right at me, which meant nothing but now I'm like, did ding, the ding, tree ding. come season, at him? Season three. Season Because it's possible, right? <laughs> we know it is later. Yes. <laughs> right. 304. No cure for crazy. <laughs> tree comes out of nowhere. Again, he could mm-hmm. have just been drunk. But now, now knowing what I know, I was like, did, did the tree come at him? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and just to bounce back a little bit, just to concept here of what the demon gave them all and the fact Perry got rich is going to come in to become so important later in the season. Yeah. I mean, talk about tying things, you know, big loop, everything coming back together. Yeah. If we didn't have rich Perry to come save the day with Alice. Yeah. I mean, so I'm just, I'm just loving the way these, you know, laying the bricks, laying the groundwork, the foundation Mm -hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if we don't this know. was a setup for trees that would be able to move and murder. We don't know, but it's, I'm just 
planting the seed. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's not buying anything he's selling. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever with your straw man talk, right? But then there he is, the grand, the grain sack guy. Nicole pulls out her weapon and, you know, it's like hands on your head. I am a purgatory sheriff's deputy. And if you think you can come here in my office and mess with one of my citizens, then you are underestimating the day I've had. <laughs> Which, she lays it all out, doesn't she? She's just like, you know what? You've gone too far now. <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. Um, straw? Okay. You're right. Straw guy. <laughs> Um, but when she said, so when I'm hearing it this time and she says, one of my citizens, right. Mm -hmm. Come mess Mm -hmm. with one of my citizens. It took me back to when she comes out of the fog in 411 and on the radio, she overhears BBD say, eliminate townspeople. And then she says, my townspeople. That's Nicole. One of the reasons uh, why we love her. uh Uh-huh. She's good copper. Even, even with all the. Bad, bad stuff happening to her. She's still at her core. Is protecting her town. Yeah. So yeah, he's picked the wrong day. He then he just flings her like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah, multiple she, times. Yeah, multiple then she directions. Goes through the glass door, and then Doc comes in and shoots him, which only distracts him. Raynona uh, runs in with the trophy and asks if <laughs> she's okay. And Nicole jokes, "I had him right where I want." <laughs> want him and i feel a little bit like winona's humor is rubbing off on nicole right like mm-hmm. we see the side of nicole doc jokes that winona sure knows how to pick men <laughs> perry runs off oh she's like hey whatever uh they find perry he has himself locked in the room with the marzenook and he's speaking in an, a spell he says he's old high german or something and Winona's like, where's Waverly when you need her because of the languages? Nicole says, I thought she was with you, which is interesting. And Winona points Peacemaker on him. And then he tries to bargain with her saying that. Yeah, that was quite offer, a turn. Yeah. Offer her anything she wants, which is very reminiscent of Ginny the genie. Um, and she thinks about it maybe for a second. Like you can kind of see that look on her face. Right. And. And she even says, like, Doc, there are other demons. And he says, ours is dang near out of town. And that's when she wishes that it would get back in the trophy. And it does. I mean, I feel like they had to have, like, that split second to make us worry, too. Right? Like, what is is she Just enough time to think about it. Just Mm -hmm. enough hesitation and so forth to think about it. And I'll drop a little bit of info here without being spoilery. So don't Mm -hmm. need anyone panic. But for those of you that are. Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans. I'm just going to remind you of an early season one episode entitled Witch and a Trophy and any parallels. Hmm? I know you haven't seen it, Anne, but the Buffy fans right now. Because he wants me to watch it all and doesn't <laughs> want me to get spoilers. <laughs> the fans of Buffy will probably go, oh, yeah, I can see some parallels now having to do with the trophies. So I'm just going to drop that little Easter egg there and Good to know. move along. Good to know. <laughs> I love hearing that. Um, at the sheriff's office, my known and Perry are walking and talking about, you know, their successes and failures in life. And, you know, he's like, she says, you know, he, you tried, you tried to do what's right. And at least you saved one of your friends. 
And then they share a kiss and there's obviously like no sparks from Winona. And he says, I guess your friends are right. I'm not broke enough for you. And she says, no, I'm the one who's broken. Now go have a life. And then she like touches the key necklace. So I think she's they made sure those. to stick on that for a bit. I mean, we haven't seen her doing that yeah. much with the necklace. I mean, we kind of seen it for, that, that was kind of a special moment of, I can go into her head a bit there in terms of thinking about that, but also the way that she chose much like with some other folks going to be going on down the line to take it all on herself. Let somebody else like with Perry mm-hmm. have a regular life or a non crazy one, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like get out of here. You're too good for this town. Yep. Go. I got this. I got this. And it's interesting too, that, you know, Winona came into town with that necklace and we don't really know much about its story. We know it's probably from her trip to Greece because it says something in, in Greece, in Greek. Um, But now it appears as though this necklace is tied to dolls. Like it has this meaning behind it, right? Because Mm -hmm. of this back, maybe it's because of this back and forth. Like she dropped it at the crime scene. He gave it back. It's back and forth, but, yeah, I feel like now when she touches it, it's she she thinks of of him. Yep, I agree. That's exactly where my head went. Nicole is sweeping up this big mess because, <laughs> of course, she is. She's had a shitty day. She might as well, you know, do this shitty cleanup job too. Nedley walks in with coffee and jokes that, oh, looks like you had some trouble with the paperwork, huh? Because there's like papers and glass <laughs> everywhere. And Nicole's not laughing. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll clean it up and I'll finish the work. And then he says, you want to really know how purgatory works. Everyone pretends the whole goddamn town isn't overrun by demons. She's just like, that's it. That's the big (laughs) secret. (laughs) But then he goes on to say some really touching things. And he says, the people who choose to live here, they want a simple life in a small town with a shitty hockey team and a view of the Rockies. Some of us feel that's worth ignoring the occasional mermaid poltergeist, which side note, we never got a mermaid poltergeist, which <laughs> would have been great. <laughs> it is definitely on the board in the writer's room still, I'm sure, even <laughs> in virtual so. form. <laughs> and Nicole can't believe that she's hearing him say these things. Right. And she's probably just like, okay, I'm sure I hit my head now. Um, he says, you graduated at the top of your class in the big city and I need someone smart to take over when I retire. And she's almost speechless, right? And she's like, you want me to be sheriff? And he says, why do you think I work so hard to recruit you? Oh, Mm -hmm. we know there's more. Should we tell her? (laughs) 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 We won't tell her now. We won't tell her now. He's like, look, I, I know that Black Badge seems like a hot shit covert operation. And then she's like, yeah, and they don't have to wear khakis. And he says, but who's going to keep the drunks off the road? Who will referee the neighborhood feuds? Who will keep the everyday, ordinary, non-werewolf citizens of purgatory safe? Officer Hot. But Kevin, she goes on to promise later on to keep even the werewolf safe. Yes. I mean, how can, you know, watching it this time, flashing forward to the other scene, you know, the scene in their office, the two of them crying, 
Ugh, and then so the finale much. and the end and then the you know the wedding stuff and then yeah that oh my god it's just a giant river it just washes and knocks me over yeah and it's you know we we were seeing the growth of nedley right because like in the beginning like i did not like nedley mm-hmm. and we see these like you know the moment in the alley with winona and we we see him starting to come around and then this, this felt like a really big moment. Big, big moment. Very big. Super big. <laughs> but then just to think of all these other ones we're going to have, especially with him and Nicole. And yeah, that is why I cannot get through 412 with those two without balling. <laughs> yeah. See, and it's, and it just rushes back here. This is the beauty of, of this rewatch and looking at it in this context, because as soon as I started to see her use the broom to sweep it up, I started to get emotional yeah. because it all came, it all full circle. It's like, Oh God, this is the beginning of it. This really is when yeah. there's true honesty and, and, and Nicole really starts to realize she's more than just, you know, uh, a deputy. I mean, Oh man. And, and for her character, all the crap she went through in this episode and not being able to be part of BBD from in the very end, uh, the very beginning of season, you know, two episodes back, beginning of season, and to have all that crap and then to get this, you know, and, you know, that she deserves and, and you feel so good for her. Yeah. And to not, you know, to, when we find out later about her family life and she didn't have a supportive family and then to find out she's had this supportive guy where here now it doesn't seem like she's got his, like he's got her back. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then later on how we find out that he's, he's been guiding her along this whole time. Mm-hmm. This, their, their relationship is, is one that I had not expected. And oh, I no. think it's just one of the, the most powerful ones and, and not that, I mean, they're all so special, but it's just, it was a very unexpected one that I really like a lot. Yeah. I'm just watching it develop so naturally. And it's just, yeah, this is what you really appreciate. Cause it's like you said, you don't see this to start with. These aren't the pairings. These aren't the family pairings. These aren't romantic pairings. Right. You can't even see this coming in season one. Mm-hmm. So to, to get the payoff that's going to develop over the four seasons, oh, it's just so rich. And it has such a nice buildup too. It's not like this big reveal all at once. It's like this slow buildup. And he even, you know, he it's like the khakis are a classic trouser, but fine. <laughs> he lets it go, right? <laughs> he gives her fine, whatever. And um, he says, just be a good cop. It matters. And she even gets a little choked up there. And mm-hmm. she agrees. And nope. then he hands her the file and he says, it's called a long game. And it turns out it's Tucker's file. And you can see that the fire has been lit for Nicole, right? It's like she's been given permission to n- not have to wear khakis, which is going to open up all kinds of good uniform debates. Um, and also he's said that she can intervene and work on some bbd stuff when when necessary yep so things finally i mean she's had a shit day but things are looking up now right oh yeah and at the gardener mansion 
Tucker's whining to Beth about Waverly and how she attacked him. <laughs> Mercedes is like, Waverly Earp? She's a hundred pounds with both goody shoes, uh, goody two shoes on. <laughs> She's like, that's not possible. And he wants her to, he wants to report her and he wants to sue Nicole for assault. And Mercedes has just had it with both of them. And she calls him out on their shit. And she's like, you know what? You know, I just saw the people who made my friend Wynona miserable for so many years get their asses kicked. And it was glorious. And Tucker goes on to say how, you know, well, if both of our parents were here and she cuts him off before he can even finish. And she says that she's not fighting his battles anymore. And she's like, Beth, neither are you. Nobody's suing anyone. We're going to leave Nicole and Waverly alone. And then Tucker threatens Mercedes saying that, you know, well, if you die, I don't have to wait until I'm 21 to get my money. And she's like, whatever, you're cut off until then. (laughs) So she's not, she's not scared, right? She's a tough chick. And uh, he storms out saying he hates her. And she just seems really inspired and motivated by Winona. Like she's Mm going to do an about face. She even says like, I'm going to do an about face with like Winona. And just as she says that a black figure appears and two two of them. Yeah. Her breath gets cold and then the fingers go in her mouth and they're screaming and it sounded like they snapped her neck. It was horrible. (sighs) Poor Mercedes. And I can't help but wonder, like, what would her story have been like if she wouldn't have had this bump in the road? This is a pretty big bump. (laughs) Yeah, this is like it's a huge bump, right? It's a huge (laughs) obstacle. It's going to take a while to clear up (laughs) physically and emotionally. Um, But like she was gung ho. Like she was like, what would she have done if this wouldn't have happened? So yeah, scary. I know. I mean, Winona had kind of shown her that you don't have to put up with all this town crap and previous expectations of who you are and everything. So, yeah, she was right there all set to do it. Until yeah, dun, she could have been running the, the show. Widows. Who knows? She yeah. could have been helping Winona find the bad guys, selling yeah. real estate. I don't know. But she was a force to be reckoned with. And then, oof. I'm just gonna have some bad stuff. And thinking of that, I like uh, this part where Bridget asks, <laughs> she says, elsewhere, here we were all excited that Winona finally got a friend in Mercedes, and now it looks like she's been taken from us. <laughs> Please tell me this is not the last we see of Danny Kind. And Emily says, I can tell you nothing, Bridget. I can tell you nothing. I love Danny Kind, and I think it'd be a shame if we didn't see her again. But that didn't look like the best situation to me. I'm pretty scared she spilled her wine. I can't even read Emily's words without laughing. That seemed to be the cruelest uh, cut of all that she didn't even get to take a single sip. I'm telling you nothing about that except that those ladies in black are crazy and they freak me out. What do they want? I think it's so funny because now that I know how much Bridget loves Danny Kind to just hear how Emily was toying <laughs> with Bridget cracks me up in hindsight. Oh, and then to know that we didn't have to be so worried because you can't kill Danny kind. It's like, yeah, it's going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Very funny. And, and very, uh, very awesome for all of us too, that there was a way to, to weave that story to keep 
her on the show. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have to jot down some notes after this because I had a thought about, had a Danny kind arc thought that doesn't fit in here. So I'm going to save it for later. But oh. anyways, um, Wynonna and Waverly are debriefing and Waverly is transcribing the incantation and Wynonna is talking about how brave Nicole was and she's like you know are you guys okay she says of course she's my best baby and Wynonna says she wants Nicole to know that Waverly is also the best she's the best but you're also the best make sure she treats you that way right and Waverly says, maybe I'll remind her tonight. <laughs> she asks about the lipstick that she borrowed. And Wynonna's like, I gave it back to you. And it's just this very confusing moment, right? Where it's like, Waverly doesn't, we're finding that Waverly doesn't seem to remember some things that are happening, right? Yeah, all the black-eyed Waverly stuff. Yeah, she's having moments of memory loss, it appears. And then before she goes, she takes the cocktail shaker with a weird look on her face. <laughs> She can't be trusted. More for the silver pile. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's <just laughs> melting it down to make bullets. What is happening? In the basement, Rosita's yelling that she needs the, the Marzenook. And Doc's like, chill out. You know, once we have it, we'll make sure it's secure. You know, don't look at it. And whatever you do, don't try to make a wish. And she's like, what do you think? I'm stupid. And he says, the problem is I know you are not. So he's like. Don't get any ideas about making a wish. You know, we need this for dolls. And Winona comes down with the trophy. She says, holy Heisenberg. Holy Heisenberg. She's like, what is all this? And this is when he explains that, you know, I used the last of dolls as serum. And Rosita here is reverse engineering it. And she says, you think boobs McSeltzer can pull this off? I was like, yeah, her name's Rosita, and she has an advanced degree in biochemistry. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I particularly like this line of questioning by Bridget on this subject because it's so funny now that we know. But Bridget says, Is the animosity between Winona and Rosita going to continue? <laughs> And Emily says, well, yes, but I also really like at the end when Winona jokingly calls her boobs McGee and Doc says she's a biochemist and going to cook dolls as drugs, which makes Winona acknowledge she needs to stop being so superficial. What I really like about these female characters on Winona Earp is that they are very self-aware and this isn't bring it on just to reference it twice now. She referenced it early on too. I like that part because it's, like, oh, is this animosity going to continue? Uh, yeah, Bridget. <laughs> Some crazy stuff is going to go on with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, but no clue in what Emily says here that it's going to go horribly wrong. Here it goes. Yeah, exactly. Just master. And when I was like, why didn't you tell me all of this before? And then she realizes, she says, dolls made you promise not to tell me. So then I was thinking back to my theory I had last week. Is that when he said, I will tell her? I don't you know, know. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? When it, when yes, it, I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know. There's we no way know. to know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't want Lucado to know that's going on, what's going on. And he's also like, you know, dolls can't afford to lose. And if we, if we get in trouble, I can afford 
to lose, but you can't. Like he's afraid that if Winona would have been in on it from the beginning and Lucado found out, she would have done something horrible to Winona, I think. And he's like, you know, I ain't doing it for him. So Doc's really trying to say, is like, I'm doing this for you. He knows how important Dolls is and he's doing this for Winona. Absolutely. And that's what really makes all of their banter back and forth just so, so great. Winona basically realizes for all the crap she was giving him, he's doing all this for her. And then he says that he was worried for a minute that she would take that wish and end the curse. And she's Mm. like, I'm stubborn, but I always tend to do things the hard way. And he says, you know, I'm living proof that making deals with the devil is not always the best route. And he mentions that, you know, he was supposed to make the drop, like take a serum to dolls a few days ago, but the stuff's not ready. And she's like, well, you know, if we hurry, we can get him here. And he's like, no, he can't come here. It's too dangerous. Right. Because like he said before, like this is the first place they'd come to look for him if, if he comes here. And he's like, you know, he'd be a fool to come back here. But then the next thing we see is dolls in the herb barn. And he's like writhing around on the ground. But Waverly's there and she's acting all weird. And she's like singing to all of her little metal things. <laughs> Toss is like, what are you, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and she just ignores him. And then we see her go gooverly, and he sees her go gooverly, and even he's freaked out in the end. Well, yeah, because it's more than just a, a black eye. You see all of it just going down her face, too. I mean, our little Waverly is, whoa. Yeah, it's more than some indigestion. Something is <laughs> not right. Yeah, yeah, reinforcing <laughs> it. Like you said, with the little shrine of the silver stuff. And, then, and the interesting thing, too, is first time through, we're getting some piecemeal on the, you know, her grabbing the shiny stuff. But then we see it in a pile. It still doesn't make any sense yet. So they've done a good job of, of totally confusing us in terms of what's going on. Yeah. And like never would have seen that coming either. Like, no, you know, we start to pick up, obviously, that, you know, things are missing and it out like, OK, it's always metal, like. Okay, so there's a thing, and then we get those glimpses, like you said, of it in the barn. But yeah, what she would go on to do with it is nothing like I would expect. Like, is she going to melt this down and try to get rich? What is she a thief? What's happening? Mm -hmm. Ah, so many, so many things yet to come up. But dolls is in a bad way. It's another one of those snapshots where we don't know is Gooverly going to do something to him. I mean, we know now, but that's um. Another one of those good cliffhangers, and then you're stuck till next week. And we love it. Certainly did first time through and any future ones. <laughs> Might drive us crazy, yeah. but we just love it. Love it. Yeah. And this is um, you know, the the Gooverly, the Marzenyuk, you know, this is one of the the plot lines that lasts for for a couple episodes. So mm-hmm. we don't get that with a lot of a lot of things in the show. Right. Yeah. No, we as is gonna happen, this is gonna weave for quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, and be referenced several times later too. So that's what I like about it, continuity-wise. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. So that's that episode. I literally don't know what's coming next. Like it's been so long <laughs> since I've watched them. It's like a surprise to me every. Like again, I know what about what's going to happen, but it's like it opens every time, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's where we're going next. Well, I mean, some of the stuff here, especially in the early season two, it's the same kind of way. It's that excitement when I first started of 
okay, yeah, I remember the episode, but then so many of these great lines and scenes and looking at them in the context of the whole four seasons, Mm -hmm. it just brings a whole new light to it. It brings a whole new feeling. Like we said, uh, certainly the Nedley stuff, but even just some of those great lines and, and the trophy and, and, you know, clipping the bird and all, I mean, so many of these things are so, so much a big part of it, you know, and I loved in the, in the postmortem when, Bridget asked about uh, just how amazing Mel is, you know, you know, duh, is the answer that comes to mind. But, but talking about this season and Emily, uh, part of what she said was, quote, I'm not bullshitting you when I say that Scrofano is just getting warmed up. That's the craziest part. Right. This is her just at the starting line getting ready to go because the stuff that girl has coming down the pipe is so good. Mm-hmm. And again, at this point, we have no idea with the pregnancy and the baby and Rosita, everything's going to happen in the back half of the season. Oh, man. Yeah. So to be in her shoes, <laughs> to sit yeah. here answering these questions and trying to prepare us for the amazement that is to come. And, you know, she has to just dance around the details. But now you can look and go, oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. Her knowing, you know, getting Bridget is like maybe one or two episodes in when she's interviewing Emily, but Emily knows everything, right? So Mm -hmm. for her to dance around it and my mind goes straight to pool table baby delivery, right? It's just (laughs) like that, that performance, (laughs) just barely, just barely hinting at everything. She's just like, Oh, the things she's going to do. And it's like, yeah, she's going to do that. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> so and like you know, so many of these things that we talk about that are are gifts that we use like daily and communicating with each other on Twitter, right? Or even right. texting each other, and you forget which episode it's tied to, and you know sometimes you forget the context that it was in too because it's they they've all taken on other meanings, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just it's fun when it pops up in the episodes or having something that pops up early in, in the season or in the, the whole scheme of the show and then recalling how it, you know, it's going to play out again later on. And maybe it's, you know, eat shit, shit eaters or shit ticket or whatever. It's, you know, twisted in a little different way or a different character will say it to bring it back. It's, it's just fun to see all those different tie-ins. It is such a joy. Yeah. It just, yep. Such a joy for us who eat, breathe, sleep, <laughs> herb, anyways, <laughs> and probably most of the people listening to us at this point, too. Yeah, <laughs> let's face it. I, I'm having the best time. Uh, I talked, I, I don't know where probably on my other podcast, I talked about um, watching Rookie Blue and finding all the different actors in it, and it's fun for me because then I just sit there and wait for my partner to like catch up, and they don't always catch all the people that I catch and I'm like, no. And then I talk to them like they're an idiot. Like they should know because they're <laughs> also living this and they have no idea. They've seen the show like once through with me. <laughs> like, don't you know who that is right now? And like, no, I, ha- I don't know. who that is. <laughs> like, uh, That's so-and-so from this episode. And oh, okay. Okay. And, and I, I got just, a, a, just a general thank you to the Erpers. Um, you know, it's it's, it's uh, not a secret. After many years involved in the fandom, folks know I'm a big science fiction fan. I've been a big Star Trek fan since the early 70s. So with Melanie being on the new Star Trek Strange New Worlds premiere episode, 
I had so many people like early that morning dropping me tweets. Did you watch the episode? Did you see any <laughs> dancing around it? Have you seen the episode? I'm like, it's 7 a.m. So no, I usually watch my TV in the evening, but oh, thanks for checking it. No, some people danced around and some just blurted it out, but I just love that so many people wanted to make sure that I was aware of it. <laughs> how, and I just love the fans to do it. All. How flipping awesome was that though? Uh, yes. <laughs> and like in the first three minutes, it's Mel. And yeah, not some little side thing either. I mean, she's a starship captain. Yeah. <laughs> And looks darn good in that shirt, man. I thought oh, blew my mind. I was like, I if they don't bring her back. Like, oh, it was so good. And she's drinking coffee too, which of is, just she is so funny. I mean, anyone could drink coffee, but it just, I don't know, it hit home because yeah. we're weird. So, no, it's, it's so much fun when these folks are, are people, and you've been doing it too with Casey when you see the actors in, in Lost Girl. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot more of them too as you go further in. So, it's just fun when folks get to, you know, catch those, yeah, uh, you know, much earlier in career, or in this case, Melanie, when they get to do other stuff in addition to her. But it's, it's so much fun when people get to see that. Yeah, and it's it, it's fun to watch them. It's it's fun to support them. I mean, we we know we're all Arpers. We all pretty much do the same thing. So. Yeah, it is. And for some of us, we'll get to see them in a couple weeks again because uh Earp expo is going to be going in full force may 27th through the 29th yes yes it is looking forward to having a great time there new orleans doing, yeah doing our live podcast and lots of other fun panels and events and new orleans is a wonderful city Earp expo there in 2019 had such a great time so those of you that are coming you know can't wait to see you there. Hopefully, if the schedule allows, based on other commitments you have, you'll be able to make the live podcast. We plan to have a blast. I'm sure we have no idea yet what we'll be talking about. <laughs> but we will have fun with it. We know that. It'll probably just be you saying, uh, what did you do? <laughs> you were going crazy again. <laughs> yes. You overcommitted. I have, to, I have to wait to see the look in Anne's eyes when I, when I see that. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I've got too many things. I'm doing them all at the same time. It's like my eyes get gooberly. It's just, I get Except the for look. the color change. Yes, I can tell when you're not really looking at me, even if I'm directly in front of you. Oh, well, they have a lot planned, so it, it should be very exciting. And then um, I will be at Herb Division Expo in Anaheim, California um, in June. And uh, I'll be moderating some panels there. And that's June 10th through the 12th. Again, that's in Anaheim, California. So it's a lot yeah. coming up. Absolutely. I'm so disappointed I won't be able to be there. I can't wait to see some pictures from everybody who is and hear about it. Hopefully panel recordings for the ones you get to do and everyone else does. You know, I, timing just wasn't good for me there because Anaheim, I'm a big fan of Disneyland and all would be great to be there too. Yeah, it's it's a short stint after uh, New Orleans to then do that. Yeah. One. If, if it Gonna weren't have in maximum my erping over a few weeks. Later. Yeah. If it weren't in my home <laughs> state, I probably wouldn't have tackled that one, but that, you know, that's the very first convention I, I signed up for. And then the way COVID hit, I ended up going to other ones. I'll have gone oh, to other ones mm-hmm. first anyways, but um, yeah, that's the one that started the whole thing for me. And um and I haven't even gone to it yet. So that's an interesting turn of events. And then we'll um, we'll have Acon after that. So Yeah, August will bring us back in Toronto. Acon looks to be a fantastic event as well. 
But yeah, lots lots of Erpin coming up. And um, you can find us erping at herbologypodcast.com. And that's where you can leave us a voicemail. And you can also give us feedback by emailing us directly uh, through that website or at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. We've had a lot of fun feedback in the, in the past week and really appreciate it. Yeah. It means a lot to us folks. When you reach out, let us know you're enjoying listening or whether you see another insight we missed, or it just strikes a chord with you emotionally and what else when, when we bring things up. So no, know that it's much appreciated. We do love it. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it's it's fun to know that us having fun uh, is, and you guys listen. It's it's fun for you to listen to us having having fun because my wife, she's not very interested. So <laughs> it's nice to know that we're having mine neither. Fun. So yeah. yes, <laughs> it's nice to know that when we're talking about it, somebody's enjoying it besides just us. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Have a good week or two, folks. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Bye.